This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I am so here. I am the hearest. I'm so here. Ultra here. I am the center of it all today. I'll tell you what, if you have been thinking, I need some breaking news that is uh, cheerful and make me feel better. You came to the right place because I got all of it. Here's what we're doing in the Twin Cities when everything else is on fire. We are leading the conversation in good directions. Here's who's here today. Tim McKee. And we Minnesota is breaking news, breaking records. I want to say breaking hearts, but we're not. And in sustainable seafood situation, we're leading the country. There are almost 150 local restaurants participating in this huge sustainability initiative like everyone around the country is like what's happening in minnesota because it's big we've got journalists coming next week from washington dc to just be like gawking at our amazing magnificence person who's been leading this is tim mckee he's in studio we're going to talk about that later on this hour i've got mark addicts he has created the davos of health all right so next week health leaders from policy from medicine, from everything, coming to the Twin Cities. They're going to be at the convention center. You haven't heard about this, and you know why you haven't, because everybody's on fire about other stuff. But this is a big deal. So we're going to talk about the Twin Cities leading the healthcare policy, get us out of this terrible situation that we're in. You know how it is. You like Something bad happens. You end up at the wrong emergency room. It's not in network. All of a sudden, you have to declare bankruptcy. You know what I'm talking about. We're all living that together. Also, you go to dinner, all of a sudden you're responsible for the death of a top predator species. Nobody wanted that. So here's what we're doing this hour, fixing everything. All right, Tim McKee. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. All right. So many years ago, you and I, (laughs) I wrote a profile about how much good you do. And then we ran a terrible picture in the magazine of you as an angel. And you've never been able to live it down. But you keep going. Thanks for helping me not live it down. And you keep going. You keep doing more good stuff. So you left LaBelle the leg- legendary LaBelle You Well, you founded it. Then you left it. Then you went to – you bought into this fish guy's fish distributor. And you have been like pulling all these threads, strings, and, and bringing sustainable seafood. Now, the people that don't know, it's been kind of an amazing comeback story. In around 2005 – I lost my mind because scientific paper after scientific paper was coming out saying that we were eating all the last fish in the sea. Like we are heading towards massive extinction in so many different oceans and so many different species. I mean, it was straight up terrifying. I might have learned about this because you told me about it and to go looking. And once I, you know, set on the path, I was like, oh my goodness, this is really bad. And you opened Sea Change, a restaurant in downtown Minneapolis. And Sea Change, it was all about you know changing the seas, getting sustainable fish, appreciating them, like you know intervening in this bonkers system in a, in a good, thoughtful, tasty, always tasty and delicious way. Uh, and then you went to Fish Guys, and then here, this is the recent the update. As a couple months ago, the James Beard Foundation came out with this program called Seafood Watch. 
Smart Catch. Smart Catch. Seafood Watch is so Monterey Bay Aquarium. Smart Catch. They came out with the Smart Catch program, and you said, like, oh, we're going to get people to participate. And they're like, that's a nice little state that you have. Like, that'll be that'll be amusing for you to do. And then you just, like, uh, you know, swept the table. You're, make, you're throwing shade at New York City and Los Angeles. They can't do what we can do. So tell me about this. So tell me about this Smart Catch program. What's going on? Well, it started with the idea. I, I feel that restaurants should move towards a more sustainable uh, model in what they, they put on their menus. And, you know, if you're not familiar and with... And I think that because I'm just a regular diner who eats out too much in some ways. They can be said about me. And nobody wants to go to dinner and then open the newspaper the next morning and be like, oh, look, I'm a murderer. That's right. not a thing. And I think increasingly you see people paying more attention to what they're eating. And uh, you look at uh, grocery stores. It's easier to find uh, sustainable choices now in some of the particularly higher-end grocery stores. Yeah, I stores. wrote about Kowalski's. Kowalski's and Lund's are Lund's and Byerly's are places that have really made uh, made sure that they're not contributing to any problems. They've really been taking leadership positions. Uh, you weren't with me, but I went through Kowalski's with their seafood buyer, and it was amazing. Like everything. Everything that they have is basically a sustainable catch. Right. And it's it's really great for the consumer that they have someone like uh, uh, Kowalski's, Lunds and Byerly's, Whole Foods looking out for what they're buying and how it's uh, caught and, and or in some cases raised. Um, and with on the restaurant side, I don't know that there's enough attention paid to that. And so what I was asking is for restaurants, October is National Seafood Month, one of a million national this or national that. Sure, national blueberry and, appreciation uh, minute. Right. Like and so I thought I'd, uh, you know, take the opportunity to ask restaurants to, during the month of October, uh, promote at least one menu item that features sustainable fish. And there was a lot of uh, restaurants that had that were all about it. And so sustainability for people that are new to this conversation, when we're talking about fish, it's a couple things. It's one, you don't want the popular you don't want to just like eat all of them. You don't want to go out, eat all the tuna, then there's no tuna left. Another issue is you don't want to destroy the sea bottom. You don't want to like, I'm trying to get a tuna, but in fact, I've destroyed this coral reef. Like that's, so there's a couple things. In a a nutshell, uh, you want to buy fish from well-managed fisheries that uh, don't have a negative environmental impact. Right. And then the last one is pollution. You don't want, uh, you know, something that's a a fish farm in a bay that's killed everything in the bay. So when we're talking about sustainability in fish, it's, it's a complicated uh, it's a complicated world, but there are people, organizations like you don't have to as an end consumer, you don't have to sit there and figure it all out. There are people that have figured out a bunch of these steps and you're one of those people. Right. And that's that's why I make the, the comparison um, how uh, in the retail market, you've got people that are looking out for your interests and in the restaurant, maybe that information isn't top of mind. Um, but it's available. So what restaurateurs have to do is is they have to, you know, have good relationships with the people that buy their fish. Um, at the Fish Guys, we spend a lot of time vetting our suppliers to make sure that uh, we're getting the right things and we have the right information. 
because you've been in this game for a long time, this game being feeding people and living in the world, right? <laughs> so uh, you you made a distinct – you made a decision when you went to Fish Guys is that you're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to make sure that the fish that's coming out of that system is sustainable. Right. And I think, you know, ultimately people want to do the right thing. I think there are things that uh, can stand in the way. Um, one of the uh, – one of the things that if any chef, their probably number one most important job is maintaining their food cost. And if uh, uh, sustainable seafood is more expensive, that's going to put it out of the, the running for them. What they, what they may not realize is it doesn't have to be uh, more expensive. Sometimes it is. Anytime you're buying superior product, it's usually more expensive, but sometimes it's not. Well... There are so many costs. We see this in beef, right? It's like you don't want the you don't want the beef that's going to kill you because it came through such a dirty system. But it's that so it's, cheap. But it's so cheap, exactly. So that's a that's not a that's not a, a wise cost saving. But okay, so here's what you did. So you you have this fish company. A lot of the you know higher end restaurants they're pretty familiar with you. But what you wanted to do with this uh, sustainable smart catch program is start bringing in people who the restaurants. Who don't always do this, right? And so to say, you know, there are first steps. I won't call them baby steps. Maybe that's demeaning. But there are, you know, easy ways into this. If you're wanting to be a sustainable seafood restaurant and say you have a cafe in St. Peter, sustainability and seafood is not your number one thing. But you want to be part of this. You want to see if it's right for you. There's a way in. That's exactly the conversation with that I had with uh, the people at the Beard Foundation is that why not just start with one item? You know, if if you get one item, maybe that'll lead to more. And and it certainly will raise awareness. And in in talking, I talked to hundreds of restaurants about being a part of this. And in, in the conversations I had, a lot of the restaurants maybe were hesitant to be a, be a part of it because they thought it would be too difficult. They thought it would be too expensive. And I had to stop them and, and explain to them, hey, wait, you're already doing this. Those- yeah, so talk to me about that. So you've got these 150 restaurants, and I know that this is, uh, you know, you found that some restaurants you went to talk to, they had sustainable things on their menu. You talked to me about scallops. That's kind of interesting. I don't know if people think that much about scallops. They're like a little fancy little luxury you have sometimes. Yeah, and most course. of the scallops, uh, especially the they call them dry-packed, so they have no chem- chemicals added uh, to them, the ones that uh, help help scallops retain moisture and look plumper. And then uh, when you cook them, they, they get all watery and rubbery in the pan. Um, <laughs> so if you, if you buy good scallops, which a lot of restaurants that, that serve scallops and probably expensive scallops, um, those are sustainably uh, harvested. You look at uh, mussels are generally sustainably har- harvested. There's, there's a, um, Alaskan uh, halibut. Uh, wild salmon. You know, yeah, that's the, one of the things I always tell people is that Alaska, you know, I, I think there maybe there's somebody in Alaska not doing things right, but as a brand, Alaska is a sustainable, well managed, like it. They're doing good things in Alaska. In general, the the Alaskan fisheries are are as sustainable as they come. And so, you know, so you worked with some restaurants. You said, you know what, you can be part of the Smart Catch program. We're going to shine a little love on you. Let's look at what you already have and found a lot of times if you have Alaskan ha- haddock or you have uh, 
these dry pack scallops, they're already doing a, a sustainable move. But what if, you know, what if I'm just running a, a small place and I, I just don't even know what's happening? What What's an entry level, you know, kind of popular seafood that can all, that is sustainable? Catfish. Catfish is uh, in general pretty sustainable depending on – And is it farmed? It tends to come from American – Farms is that it, how it is? It could be. It could be both. But you know, there, there again, you have to depend on your supplier to um, vet the product to make sure that uh, it is responsibly farmed. And so, I love catfish nuggets. I'm um, gonna just have a minute for that. <laughs> That's a good thing. All right. And so, you've been doing this, and a hundred, almost 150 restaurants now. Yeah. So it's it's really some great great momentum and. It's really exciting, but it it gives uh, it gives diners uh, a little little more knowledge that this is an option for you. That uh, you know, hopefully, more restaurants will move towards a more sustainable model. Okay, and so here is our call to action. I put a picture of this window cling that I had that you are giving out to these restaurants that are participating. It's very cute. It's on my mspmag.com blog about this. I'll put a link up on my Facebook if anybody wants to see it. And it's really a chance for you, diners, to notice this, notice that people are participating in the Sustainable Seafood Initiative, and, you know, show some love. When you're in a place that you like and they're doing this, tell them, hey, this is meaningful to me. I care that you're sourcing well. I care that when I go out to dinner for my birthday, I'm not causing destruction of a coral reef somewhere. Like this is this is all important stuff. So um, and if anyone is hearing the sound of my voice and wants it's a restaurant, wants to get in on this, the fish guys, they can reach you through that or they can also find you on my mspmag.com blog. I put some information on there. Um are there any kind of closing words you want people to know about this Smart Catch program and the fish guys? Oh, I have to ask you about the Ocean oh. Conservancy coming at the end of the week. Sure. All right. So two things. One, tell me that like film crews are coming. We're in such an astonishing Well, I don't know about film place. crews. There's a couple people from uh, Ocean Conservancy to film uh, and interview chefs about uh, about the effort and to talk about sustainability. Also on Tuesday um, – it should be Tuesday. I should have a blog up on the uh, Ocean Conservancy uh, website uh, talking about what we're doing here and kind of what my feelings on sustainability are and what it. you can do I, for I, it. I, there, right. I scooped you. Uh, and so, so the Ocean Conservancy is not something some film crew, just some people with cameras here to film. Uh, and they're going to – they're looking at us because we are – you personally are leading this conversation. The Twin Cities – embracing this conversation. Minnesota is turning into a you know, hotbed of sustainable seafood, which is the greatest because it's funny. We're a thousand miles from the ocean, <laughs> but it's good. I'm proud of us. All right. So you want to leave the people with some closing words? They want to get in on this? Um, it, it just, it's all a matter of supporting the restaurants that uh, are supporting this effort. You should see the, uh, the window cling posted outside, uh, 150 restaurants, and uh, they will all have sustainable options for you to enjoy. All right. It's great. Tell the people that are doing this that you love what they're doing. It's important. It's important for us consumers to raise our voices and be heard and say that, yes, we like it when you do good things.
That's what we're here for. There's also a couple hashtags that they can follow if they're on social media. They can. There's one specific to this effort, which is uh, Smart Catch MN, and then the Ocean Conservancy has one that's uh, hashtag Keep Oceans Fishy. Keep oceans fishy. Yeah, because, uh, you know, an ocean without fish is a desert, my friends, or something like that. All right, Tim McKee, thank you. Thank you so so much for what you're doing here. All right, so when I come back, we're going to have some top five sustainable seafood recipes. I rounded them up. I got one from the Wayback Machine, what Tim contributed to Food & Wine magazine last century. How about that? In the the last moments of the last century. And then I've got a bunch of other ones because you can cook sustainable seafood at home and then you'd be just on trend and be great and all that. And that's what we'll have when we come back. Dara here. All right. We're just, we're just leading the conversation. That's what we're doing this weekend. We're, I love that Minnesota is just making this national show. I just, Anybody read the Dr. Seuss books with the Who's down in Whoville? Uh, Horton Hears a Who is a, it's a great book. It's about little – and uh, so Horton's a great big elephant, and there are these little Who's. Uh, they're tiny, kind of – not exactly microscopic, but teensy tiny creatures, and uh, bad things are happening to them. And the end of the story, spoiler, is that they have to raise their voices and be heard, put their concerns out there. And I feel like – that's what we have done here in the Twin Cities. We are like little who's in Whoville, and we've put our voices together to say we care about the oceans. We're not letting everything get go to heck in a handbasket on our watch. And I just love this about us. So, uh, you know, go out and support restaurants and tell them you care about this stuff. I mean, it's so many restaurants that you don't think have, you know, are really big on the sustainability front, like Jack's Cafe. Fantastic fantastic historical restaurant in Northeast. They have sustainable seafood. Um, you know, so uh, just when you're out, tell people that you care about this. And if you want something to cook this weekend, you go to the radio website, go to WCCORadio.com slash Dara, D-A-R-A. And I've got the sustainable seafood recipes up there, my top five. I had to put Tim McKee's fish chowder up there. From the last days of 1999. That's great the way things just continue on the internet. It's his grouper chowder. You could do it with a whole bunch of different uh, fish, sustainable fishes. And he's got his recipe for Rui in there. That's that fancy kind of spicy red pepper mayo. Oh, it's so good. Just some of those toasts with Rui. Any kind of fish on the side, even if you don't make the chowder, that is delicious. All right, so that's my number one. I've also got Oysters Rockefeller. Oysters, very sustainable. They're all farmed now. They've got many good things to say about oysters. They're full of, uh, you know, C vitamins. When people grow them, what they do is they take these little oyster dots, you know, little oyster eggs. They put them in a bag. They put them out in the ocean. They go and they move them every few days. That means there's people out there kind of monitoring what's happening on the coast so you can't get illegal dumping or anything. It's it's just a, a virtuous circle. And if you make yourself some oysters Rockefeller, you can open up a nice bottle of white burgundy and you can say, look, I am the king of all I survey. Because that's a, that's a kingly dinner, my friends. All right, number three, I've got Jamie Oliver's rainbow trout with horseradish, yogurt, and beets. We did some rainbow trout recipe roundups over the summer. Heard from some of you that you can't beat a campfire trout. That is the truth. There's no arguing with that. You got a, you got a campfire, put a... Cast iron pan on there and 
put a trout in there? Come on. That doesn't get better than that. But we've also got to be inside sometimes. And then I've got Jamie Oliver's rainbow trout. Uh, you know, horseradish yogurt, little on trend upgrade from the horseradish sour cream. And uh, uh, but I like horseradish sour cream too. You do that. You can do that. I I applaud that move. Got some beets. All right, my number four. How about mussels? I'll put a link up there to good old Andrew Zimmern's mussels fra diavolo. That means spicy, but it's uh, that's delicious. That's like a Super Bowl watching. Food. It's a, it's a romantic food with a good bottle of wine, and not, and not too expensive. Mussels are really come down in price. All right, so I've got Andrew Zimmern's mussels fra diavolo up at our wccoradio.com website, and my number five, Arctic char. So, what's the Arctic seafood that you can raise in a warehouse in St. Paul? <laughs> That's uh, the kind of salmon-like Arctic char. And I have a great recipe with olives and potatoes. It's very warming, very thrilling. All right. So those are all up at WCCORadio.com. We come back. We're going to have Mr. Mark Addix. He put together this Manova Summit. And this is going. This is the Davos of health. This is the Twin Cities leading the conversation in fixing our health care system. What aren't we doing right? That's the question this hour. Yeah, you came here for the breaking good news. That's all we're doing. All right, we come back, Mark Addicts. I'm so back, and I'm here to talk to you about how the Twin Cities is going to lead this country out of the wilderness of difficult healthcare policy because we're really in a mess, aren't we? Nobody can sleep. Everybody's on too many drugs. Everybody's can't sleep. I keep saying that because I'm looking at my coffee. Um, but I slept great last night. And that's why I'm so full of vim and vigor today. I think I was getting ready to talk to Mark Addix, who's really the person who's you know kind of making this happen. So Mark Addix, a lot of people know him. He ran General Mills Marketing for many years. He's kind of a, a connector, a bigwig in that space. He left General Mills. What is he going to do next? He's going to save us all in the healthcare space. So he started this thing called Monova Summit, and people are calling it the Davos of healthcare. It's happening in the Twin Cities starting on Monday, and it's a uh, it's kind of a big deal. All right, so Mark Addix, welcome to Off the Menu. Thank you. I'm glad to be here at Off the Menu. Yeah, this all caring about what people eat, how people feel, organics. These are all you know my life work for 20 years now, and I was so thrilled to see that you're kind of connecting the dots. Tell me how you got the idea for Minova. Well, we got the idea for Minova. It's a group of us, but we really started when we were had the World's Fair bid and we were finalists. First time in 42 years any U.S. city was. And our bid was built around global health and wellness and envisioned as part of that bid was an annual part Davos, part South by Southwest conference focusing on the future of health broadly defined globally. And, and so we're talking about health policy, but also health in terms of sleep, health in terms of diet, all, kind of connecting all it all. forms of health. We're talking about health that happens before you ever have to get care, hopefully, before you ever have to enter a, a care facility, any of that. We're talking about healthy communities. We're talking about healthy people, what you eat, how you sleep, how much you exercise. We're talking about... Um, artificial intelligence and big data as it relates to things you can wear that will now passively and actively 
kind of monitor your health at any given time. We're talking about linking up to your personal genome. So you're only tracking the things that really matter for you. You're seeing this convergence of really empowered consumers who have kind of been on the sideline of a lot of health conversations, and um, they're now center. And technology, consumers, new forms of retail, new forms of engagement, it's a really interesting time as we think about the future of health. And we're bringing 103 world-class people that are going to be on the stage, boom, 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 very TED Talk-like-ish. And our goal is to you know, have people network, listen, think of a new idea, a new innovation that could impact people all around the globe. And then tell me, because I know you have a an underlying logic, why the Twin Cities? I think people maybe think, oh, you know, we have Medtronic. Why, you know, why us? Why us? So, I mean, exactly that. It's, uh, I would call it the old Minnesota thing, like, uh, but we really are a global epicenter of health. I mean, we do have Medtronic, we have Mayo Clinic, we have United Healthcare, you got 3M. But here's the other and piece. And then the University of Minnesota, I feel like, is a huge, we don't huge maybe driver. think of it as a huge as a driver. big player in the health space, but really they are. Health and then policy. I mean, you've got St. Thomas, which is doing a health MBA. But the other thing you got, which I didn't really realize until I got to the guts of this thing, is that um, the state of Minnesota, this Twin Cities, had more startups last year than any place in the world, more venture capital, more than Silicon Valley. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and so we've got a program on Tuesday called Game Changers where you just hear from these entrepreneurs that are coming up with totally new things, whether it's gut science or whether it's back pain or it's a cancer vaccine. I mean, this is a really entrepreneurial space, and so part of this is to bring a light to all of that, bring big companies entrepreneurs together, bring people outside all around from the, around the world as venture investors, as people that have a technology or something that they want to share. Um, we're hoping it, it does very much what kind of South by Southwest does, but d- does it in health and wellness broadly defined. So when I think of South by Southwest, I think of the way that, you know, every radio station in the country sends someone there. It's like, you know, it's almost an old fashioned, you know, county fair or something. It's like, (laughs) if you want the information, you got to go to the place and get it and then come back. And that's what Southwest, South by Southwest really has become. Yes. And And we hope that Minova will become that. And like, even in the first year, we've got CNN, CNBC. I just got a a text from somebody from BBC. We've got um, National Public Radio. We've got all kinds of people coming in for parts of this, if not all of this, and covering it. We've got a lot of traditional media. So it should be the start of that if we do this right. And there's so much opportunity there. I feel like one of the problems is that so many areas have been siloed. You know, people are thinking about mental health, and it's like a totally different conversation than eating organic. But to me, it's the same conversation. Right, right. So what we're trying to do is kind of de-silo and um, a lot of health today lives in B2B verticals, and you kind of say so – B2B where's the... verticals. Why don't you define that? <laughs> well, that would be like industry definitions, medical devices, healthcare plans, those kind of things, hospitals. And what we're trying to do with Manova is bring all those people from different perspectives around the table and say we're really talking about patients. We're talking about consumers. We're talking about people that maybe want to proactively manage their lives. And, and we are talking about this in large definition 
of all things health. So what you were saying is it starts with how much sleep you get. It starts with where you live. Is the community a healthy community? What's the impact if some of the people are healthy and the other ones aren't and don't have the same opportunities? You're going to hear all those conversations at Manolo. It's interesting. The you know I'm a writer, and I one of my many things I'm very interested in is how other writers have done it, right? And I'm thinking about historical people. And the thing that I've noticed over time is that the, you know, you're looking at Graham Greene, you're looking at Roald Dahl, you're looking at all these people. What do they, what do they have in common? And it's almost always a nice, stable home life, food, and sleep. Like those are the, you know, those are the <laughs> basics. And that's how you do great creative work. That's how you change the world. P- longtime listeners to the show know that I get very worked up about the fact that before World War II, everyone was eating organics. You know, what does Socrates and Einstein have in common? They were eating organic, <laughs> they were eating whole foods, they were yeah. not eating highly processed foods. And I think. They, I fantasize perhaps they were sleeping through the night, and, you know, without their screens. Uh, and so, <laughs> yes. you know, these are the the back to basics things. But it's hard to make those links. Very hard, especially you're going to hear some of those discussions at Manova about separating from screens. That's a really big one. And uh, Wednesday we have Ariana Huffington on the sleep revolution. That's her whole kind of grand thesis of. You know, when you look at Alzheimer's, you look at a lot of things that are happening right now. It is just sleep deprivation. Um, and, and inflammation attention. is part of that. You don't get any sleep. Then you're full of cortisol. You're stressed out. Yes. Now you feel sick. Absolutely. So, But you're also going to hear there's some really great things. Social determinants of health is going to be a topic. A couple of the people, uh, Dr. Freddie Abnusi from Facebook is coming and talking um, Robert Brooke from Rand Corporation, he's going to be talking about the, those kind of topics. It's going to be a good range of conversations. And it's and you're really trying to just cast this wide. You want educators to come. You want oh, yeah. mental health practitioners to come. So we have roughly, I think, for our first year, which we're thrilled, about 1,000 people. And when you look at that list, um, they are from health companies and health businesses, but they're also from technology companies and a lot of entrepreneurs and people in policy and government or nonprofits. Uh, we've got a lot of students. We've got academics. Um, and so it's a pretty big range, and that's exactly what we wanted. We don't want this to be just a business conference. And this is supposed to be the first one. Right. Tell me about how you, you know, all things go well. Where, where, this is going to be an annual thing that we'll all know the name of and it'll be part Hopefully. of our lives. Yeah, we hope so. Yeah. Um, it, it, the idea is that we would, could hopefully turn this into an annual destination where people will come and, and plan it and think about announcements. We have some announcements that are going to be made at Manova, but really turn. Are you it fixing in. healthcare? Is that an announcement that's going to happen? <laughs> There's one guy that's going to talk about his proposal for fixing healthcare. Yes, is it Andy Slavitt? Well, Andy Slavitt is one of them. Another guy is Amir Rubin from One Medical. He has a plan. So you're going to hear people talk about that. Yeah. I got to hear a plan. I yeah. need a plan. You Any got, plan. You got at least two plans. Probably three. You're going to hear about. Oh, I'm going to get my kids that just a meningitis vaccine this weekend. The amount of you know, like phone calls and software and all this stuff has been in the mix. I'm just like, really? It's like <laughs> this is. I'm a highly functioning professional woman. You know, I can deal with this nonsense, but. The amount of people that I think couldn't, like, it's not, this isn't the best way to run things. 
Well, we're going to be exploring that. The idea is improving the health of everyone on the planet. So there's a lot of global, too. All right. Well, I'm going to be there on Monday. I'm going to be talking to Sam Cass, who's a former White House chef, and and he has a, a very you know, very back-to-basics approach to eating well. I'm excited about that. Um, one of the things that I try to do in this radio show and in my work is just elevating the work that people do in their houses. You're making carrots for your family for dinner. You're doing the work. You're doing the good work. Like, that's important. Yes, absolutely. And you're going to hear that from Sam Cass. You're going to hear that from some other people of just the things. that Actually walk out of Manova with action steps. Things you can do tomorrow, people you can connect with tomorrow. All right, Mark Addicts, I can't thank you enough. Anybody, if you guys want to get tickets, you want to know more about this, I put some stuff up on my Facebook page. That's Dara.Grumdahl. We have a blog about it at Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. That's MSPMag.com. And it is called Manova Summit. Manova. And uh, it'll be fun. It will be fun. And inspirational and progressive and positive. Progressive, positive. We're all going to sleep. We're all going to eat. We're going to get through this crazy stuff. We're going to do have a better system at the end of it. And Mark Addicts, you will have brought it to us. So thank you. You're welcome. All right. We come back. It's time for our Ask Me Anything. I will answer your questions. You got something? Text me. 81807. We are back. All right. It's time for the time for the text line. Again, got a question. If, can anyone attend Manova? Yes, anyone who's got uh, got the ticket price, anyone can go. Or we're giving away some tickets on the Minneapolis-St. Paul Magazine website. You can kind of find that. I'll Find me on Facebook. I'll get you there. Um, got a question saying that uh, – the or a comment saying that Medtronic and everybody, they're nothing more than welfare recipients who not survive without a bloated health insurance system. I don't know if that's true. Where are your three sources on that one? I mean, I think we have we have co-created is a a mess. So it's like what do you do when you you are part of a society that has created a system that is quite a mess? I mean, Medtronic does great work. Uh, you know, it, it, are they is the system by which it's built make sense? I don't think so. So you make a mess. We are not, you know, we're not we're all responsible for this mess. There's no you know, we may have been walked into it late, but now we're here. You got to deal with it, right? So you buy a house, and the house's basement is full of junk. I'm saying that because that happened to me. Well, I bought that house, and now I got to deal with the junk in the basement. That's where I feel like that's where we all are. So, you know, it's easy to complain. It's hard to fix it. Well, that's what we got to do. That's what we're all here together to do. I don't know. I don't. You know, if you think there's an easy way out of this, I got a bridge to sell you. That's that's. Have you noticed I'm getting kind of more New York as I get older? I feel like it's happening. I got a nice message from Dale saying that I and the uh, and the American Top 40 make his Saturday mornings. Well, thank you, Dale. You make my mornings. I love to get to talk to you every week. It has been just a, a pleasure and a joy in my life. I have been here on WCCO now for five years. Can you believe it? And I have just loved it. I have grown I have learned. I've had so many good conversations. I'm so much more comfortable in my skin than I used to be. And I have all of you to thank for it. So thank you for being with me on this journey. All right. So next week, can you believe it's football season? We're going to have Taste of the NFL back. We're going to be raising money for people that are hungry because we who complain all the time, 
we can also do good work in the world, right? All right. I'm also going to do some candy things because, you know, it's getting to be candy season. Yeah, feel good about that. So that's what we're up to next week. Um, oh, looks like I have one more uh, question about um, how to peel hard-boiled eggs. I love the basic questions when those come in. Here's what I have to say. I do uh, what I all I've figured out in my many years of peeling hard-boiled eggs is the water in the sink helps terrifically. So I kind of smoosh it, and then I, I as I peel, I I run it under the sink. It's um. I'm glad that I live in a state with a lot of water because I don't know how people who live in the desert peel hard-boiled eggs. Maybe we should get to the bottom of that sometime. Um, all right, so I got uh, another question. Is there a lot of Indian food in the Twin Cities? Yes, there is. We have uh, a ton of people that have come from the Indian subcontinent to help out at the different health insurance companies. Oh, it all comes together, especially in the backroom uh, software. So all the, there's so many great Indian places in the Twin Cities. All right, I will see you here next week. We'll be kicking off candy season. Till then, may all your licorice be bendy and your your celery nice and crisp. And we'll see you here next week on Off the Menu. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.